So welcome back to this week's episode of Thrive, your agency resource. As most of you know, I love having conversations with agency owners about their fears, their failures, their realizations, things that they experiment with because they're curious. Today, I'm actually joined by Sophia Story, the co-founder of Three-Sided Cube, which is an app design and development agency based out of Chicago. And she has an incredible story that she's going to share with us about winning an RFP with playfulness. So Sophia, thank you so much for uh, joining me today. I am super excited that we've connected on LinkedIn and now we're here. I'm excited too. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. So um, all of this started because I, or or the reason why you're here is because there was something on LinkedIn um, that you had posted about an RFP that you won with a very different approach from what I have ever seen before. And I thought, you know, wow, this is really brilliant because not only did you win, right? So obviously it was effective, but there was something about the way that you made me think differently about RFPs. Um, and I kind of want to level set there if we can, because most of the audience knows um, from previous episodes, I'm pretty anti-RFP for all of the obvious reasons You have um, clients who are self-prescribing what their problem statement is, what their needs are, what strategies you might use, the budget. I mean, all of it really is detracting from the value proposition of the agency that they want to hire, right? Um, So yes, anti-RFP. However, there are lots of agencies that just by the nature of the industries or the verticals that they serve, they have to respond to these things. Um, and yes, the process, the whole entire thing is flawed. Um, and I would even say that it, it's even broken, but it's still a necessary evil, right? So um, how you respond to them, and I don't mean physically responding with the, a proposal, but how you respond to even the lead is really important. So I would love for you to dive in and tell us a little bit about this unique situation um, that you encountered and how you solved it, because it was, uh, again, in my opinion, really brilliant. Amazing. Thank you. Um, It didn't feel brilliant at the time. (laughs) I was, I mean, I've never done anything like this before. I have to be honest. I'd love to tell you that I always do this. I don't. This was a first for us. Um, But it's definitely made me stop and think about like responding to RFPs moving forwards and how we respond to those RFPs. Mm. So, yeah, (laughs) I don't do this all the time. So the, we had a a cold lead come into the agency um, at the start of September. um, And it was um, from a well-known brand, um, Red Bull. Um, But interestingly, the contact did not have a Red Bull email address. So I was I was curious. I was like suspicious. I wasn't (laughs) sure whether or not it was real. It was very um, probably it was it wasn't formal. It was very laid back. And they just completed a contact form on our website to say that they were thinking about designing and developing a mobile app. And, you know, they just had a few questions and they wanted to know if we'd be interested in working with them. And I had to like stop and think and reread that contact form and was like, is that, did that just happen? Like, did Red Bull just reach out to us? Um, and I was on holiday at the time. I was in Greece and the, the time difference <laughs> was quite significant. So I, I replied straight away and was like, 
Yes, potentially. But I guess what's different about Three Sided Cube is our mission is to build uh, tech for good to change millions of lives for the better. So what I mean by that is as an agency, we will only work on projects that have a positive impact in the world. Um, and, it, you know, I there was no details within the contact form to let me know that the project was for good. Um, we wouldn't we don't work in like retail or e-commerce. So that that's not our bag. Yeah. So I replied cautiously and was like, maybe, maybe. like, yeah, but it would be really good to kind of jump on a call and find out a bit more about the project. But I think I replied pretty quickly. I mean, it did get my attention. Um, and then they replied pretty quickly and were like, yeah, we'd love to jump on a call. Are you free now? Um, and I had to be really honest and say, yeah, I am, but I'm on holiday. Um, so I'm not in my usual office setup. Right. But um, yeah, so I jumped on a call um, and there were uh, two gentlemen, a guy called uh, Will and a guy called Constantine. Um, Will was based out of LA. Um, and actually, interestingly, he was ex-Red Bull, um, mm. but he was contracting for Red Bull. And then um, the other guy um, was uh, from a team working out of their head office in Austria. And um, we got on the call and, it, it, you know, sometimes when you get on a client call, you just have chemistry and you're just like, I would love to work with you guys, yeah. not because of the name, but because yeah. you're, you seem like really good guys. Ideal, ideal clients, yeah. Personality yeah, like, fit, all of it. Oh, and they were, you know, they just, they got it, like, they got that I was on holiday. They got how we worked. Um, it just felt good. Like we had really good chemistry on the call. Um, we we talked a bit about their project. I asked a lot of questions. It didn't get all formal. It just felt like a really good client call. Which, um, which is great from a discovery perspective, right? Like that's how you want it to be. It's conversational. It's not like you had to put a deck together. It wasn't a capabilities thing. It's just a conversation. I love this because this is what I'm seeing in business development also with all the agencies that I work with, bringing humanity <laughs> and actual organic conversation back into business development. I don't know how we got so far away from it, but I'm glad it's coming back. It, we, it, I would describe it as magical. Like I don't have those conversations very often, but when I do, I really, I, I treasure them. Yeah. And it was great because I could ask questions. They were like, nothing was off the table and they were asking me questions. And, you know, I hate diving into decks and making it more formal, but I was talking them through our process and I was like, look, I've got a deck, but I haven't tailored it for you guys or anything. And they were like, no, 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 cool. Just open it and we can go through it. And that's what we did. Like it wasn't a polished process. Um, anyway, the call ran on for like an hour and a half, 90 minutes. So it like, it felt good. I think that's a good sign. Yeah, definitely. I, I want to ask though, in the context of that discovery conversation, you're both exchanging information, right? Like you're listening really intently. They're listening. You're both respecting. Like it just sounds like a dream conversation, right? Like this is how you want a discovery call to go. What was the one question, if you could name one, that changed or informed the trajectory of how you responded to that RFP? So um, I asked them, what concern, if any, do you have around working with Three Sided Cube? And that was um, toward the tail end of the call? Yeah, so it it felt really, really good. And, and it's a question I actually ask a lot with um, with potential clients. Mm -hmm. But usually, like, 
at pitch stage or when we've done a bit more work but I could just tell that I mean if it were me like I'd have just said yeah like this it just felt so good and I think halfway through the conversation we had they you know they were really honest and they were like look we have to go through an RFP process like Mm -hmm. That's just what we have to do. And that and my heart sank a little and I was like, Bureaucracy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like because it, you know, doing something for the sake of doing something isn't always the right thing. Correct. Um and yeah, so I just I asked them, you know, what were your concerns? And their res- their response shocked me a little. Um hurt, hurt hurt my ego, but they were basically they said that they were concerned that as an agency were we playful enough for them? And it really took me back because I... It's you your whole our, brand. Yeah, absolutely. If you go onto our website, we're quite a bright, vibrant, playful brand. And that that should, or I hope it comes across in all of our comms. And we, you know, we can be quite cheeky. But I just, it really stopped me in my tracks because not, I don't think I've ever had a single person question our playfulness as an agency. Mm. And I, yeah, I just, it left me, I don't know, gobsmacked, honestly. Um, But it it was a moment that made me really think. So that happened on like a Thursday. um, And they basically said that they would issue the RFP on the Monday and that there would be a tight deadline. They didn't confirm the deadline, but they said that it would be tight. So in my head, I was thinking, okay, we're going to get the RFP on Monday and we're going to have two weeks to respond. Most RFPs, I have two to four weeks, maybe a bit bit longer, but yeah, usually around two to four weeks. So I was like, two weeks, we can do that, no problem. You know, I I opened my emails on Monday. Sure enough, the RFP came through. Um, No, it wasn't tailored. It was a very cold, generic email with a cold generic attachment. What was interesting was the um, the document, the RFP itself was like two pages long. It was very brief, mm. but very to the point, very mm-hmm. succinct. Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing around playfulness. They were, all they asked for was a proposal that outlined like your process, timings, costs, and then the team that would be working on it. And it all just felt a bit boring, to be honest with you. I just thought, how am I going to like, Right. No, no proposal is playful. None. Like you right. can't make it something that it's not. Right. And also what's coming up for me is that had you not had that conversation, had you not been really responsive and got them on the phone, right? I always say you have to push back against anyone who issues an RFP that says we're not open to like, don't contact us, just respond. Like I'm out. Yeah. Um, but had you not had that conversation with them, you wouldn't have asked that question, right? Yeah you wouldn't know that that was actually their greatest concern. And and really that RFP, the way that you're describing it, the way that it was structured and, and the nature of it sets everybody up for failure. Yeah. Right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I don't, I'm like you, I, I don't think I would go for any RFPs that we couldn't have a conversation. Like if they want us to put the time and energy, like the investment into it, then I need them to give the time. To- give us time and energy. Absolutely. That's, that's respect. It's mutual value. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. Let's face it. Agency life looks very different than ever before. Remote and hybrid teams need better tools to help them communicate and access files, track their time, manage client budgets, and more. If you believe that it's time to streamline things once and for all, 
Workamajig is the all-in-one agency management platform built to help you do just that. Head over to workamajig.com forward slash thrive to learn more. Back to the show. So this RFP, I was like, I guess I just stared at it for a day. I didn't really <laughs> with it. I was like, what, like how, what? And then um, I spoke to the team and I was like, right, I like, we're going to create a game. And honestly, they were like, it, oh no, this was the other thing. The deadline was Friday. Oh, so you had <laughs> so one we week. Had, we had one week. Oh, and you were sitting on the RFP for a day. So you actually had four days. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I was like, oh gosh. And you have to think time difference came into this as well, because we had um, a client in LA. We had a client in Austria. Um, I myself at the time was based in the UK. Um, so I was straddling the time zones. So <laughs> Like you're basically losing a day because of the time zone as well. So it was it was quite a challenge. And I thought, you know, honestly, if we're really brutally honest, most proposals are copy and paste jobs. They might be tailored and tweaked. And, you know, we know that we should always put creative in there. But I just sometimes I like I think in today it just doesn't cut it. Like if you really want to win a project in the design and development world, you need to show off your skills. You need to show something, um, what, whatever that is, whether it's a prototype, whether it's a demo, whether it's just even just a video, but just something, you need to bring something to life to show off your skills. And right. I so think- you don't have to go so far as to like create something the way that you did in this yeah. case, like responding with a game, right? Yeah. Cause that's like a lot of design oh. development time, all of that, especially under that that time crunch but <laughs> but I like that you're offering a couple of different options around that yeah. I agree oh like always and I think it's you just got to go that extra mile to show that you've got that passion enthusiasm and tenacity that, that you, you want, want the business yeah, absolutely absolutely yeah. and I would expect that like if I was procuring something then I would I would want to see that from whoever I was chatting to mm. so we I sat down with a um with one of our creatives and we basically had two days like to design and develop something um that would show that we could work quickly our creative was shit hot um and we like we could be playful we could be funny we could be cheeky mm-hmm. So we were like, okay, we looked at some basic game concepts and we were like, okay, well, let's just do a quiz. We'll ask them. I think the the dream was to ask them 10 questions in three minutes. And if they got the 10 questions right within the three minutes, they could get our proposal, right? <laughs> that was the reward. But if they didn't, if they got it wrong, the proposal would burn and they wouldn't get our proposal. And the way that we framed it was we, I think I we did the design and development. We were, you know, playing about with that and we made it as best. I mean, it wasn't perfect. It didn't, it worked on mobile, but it wasn't polished. So we were like, look, you're going to have to do this on web. But I was like, how the hell am I like, I can't just send this to a client. Like, what am I going to say? So I drafted an email and I was like, look, Hey guys, I like, I know, you know, that we really want to work with you guys on this project. Like it is tech for good. It's everything that we stand for as an agency. But I need to know that you want to work with us. Like I need you guys Ah, to prove yourself to to me that you are going to go above and beyond to work for us or to work with us. Yeah. 
And I was like, okay, so I need you to answer. I think we only did eight questions. I need Mm -hmm. you to answer eight questions in three minutes. If you get these questions right, you'll get the proposal. If not, the proposal will burn. And I think I had some like, like quote of like about luck, um, which was like from Hunger Games or something. And then I kind of basically sent a, a link to this quiz um, in an email and I sent it on it would have been there Friday morning and I didn't hear anything for four hours like four hours they made me sweat and of course I had analytics to see like if they were engaging with it nothing radio silence so we sent or I sent the email um, the proposal just FYI it was a really detailed proposal um, probably I mean some might say too detailed. It was like 32 pages. It had loads and loads of information, but it was really bloody boring. Like we all know that when you send a proposal, the first page people go to is the like cost page. Like that's what they want to know. Which is why you never send a proposal. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So I was like, right. Okay, cool. And then it got to, I think it was like the end of our day in the UK when I, where I was at the time. And um, the, uh, Will, who was LA Red Bull, um, he emailed me and was like, "Like hats off to you guys! Like that's amazing." I didn't get it right first time, but I did get there in the end. Um, and what was what was I think quite smart was all of the questions that we asked were all relating to the conversation that we'd had on our first call. So, cool. and it was all around our process. So they needed to have listened. They needed to have understood. Oh my god! It's just like it, it, this is everything this is everything this is like literally how if we could create a template for how (laughs) new business should be should be cultivated and and one like in the new now like this is it I love it so much I love it I love it it was good and it was great fun and then uh Constantine um he like I guess I would call him the master of playfulness like he runs um like a an agency that specializes in playfulness, really Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, play, I should say. And he was just like, I've never seen anything like it. And I, there was an assumption that there was going to be a pitch at the end of the proposal process, but there was no pitch like on the back of that, that got sent on the Friday and we'd won it the next week. Yeah. So really, really fast process. I mean, basically what that tells me is they, they found you however they found you, right? I think you originally said um, when we first talked that it was through a directory that they found three-sided cube, right? Yeah. So that tells me that from a new business, like I'm trying to like break down all the steps, right? So from a from the visibility perspective, you were clearly on a directory or there was some visibility from, from a search. So this actually came from organic search which everyone who thinks SEO is dead or is, is something that, you know, you don't have to be on clutch or you don't have to be on all these other directories, or you don't have to worry about search engine optimization for your site. Here you go. That is not true. It's part of the process. It's part of the mix that you need for effective business development. It's part of the whole cycle, right? So that comes in. It was also your response time, which was the make or break here. Um, It was also the questions, the actual questions that you asked, the nature of the dialogue, the exchange that you had, the chemistry, the humanity, right? 
and then injecting the playfulness. So it, it's all of it. It's all of it. So of course, what that what that ultimately leads to is you you made three-sided cube, the irreplaceable firm in the mind of Red Bull. And so there was no reason for anybody to do creative or to pitch or to, it was just like, these are the guys that we're working with. Yeah. And gave them no option. Like You gave them no option. (laughs) That's why I'm saying it's brilliant because that's where everybody wants to sit, right? Like that's where every agency wants to sit. You give them no option and you don't even have to pitch. And I get that this is a unique opportunity. Like this is this is not always how it works. Um, so many things in here, in this story, are anomalies. But I actually see something like this being becoming more of the norm, yeah. right? Because there are a lot of big brands who are looking for smaller agencies, um, and ones that are more nimble, ones that are more playful, ones are, that are going to think out of the box, ones that can actually produce a game, a quiz <laughs> that burns a proposal. <laughs> I mean, like, it's great. It's, it's so fun. I love it. And you know what? I would definitely say, like, I struggle with RFPs. I find them boring. I don't like, I have never met a single person that loves the RFP process. And if they say that they do, I think they're lying. But I thoroughly enjoyed that process. Like I was so excited to send that to the client. And I, like my heart was in my mouth, like when they didn't reply and I was like, oh my gosh, they hate it. Like we've, we've, we've screwed this up, but it was a, it was, um, you know, high risk, but for a big reward. And I think sometimes you have to, like, you have to take those risks to stand out. Yeah. I think what, you know, going going back to our mission of building tech for good, what I've learned over these past years is you've got to stay true to your mission and what you're trying to do. And if a piece of work doesn't fit with that, it's okay to say no or to, you know, to push back on an RFP process. Like we say no more than we say yes. Um, And I think you've got to think about the types if you're if you are going for the RFP process like I do understand that sometimes they're inevitable but you could definitely stand out and have some fun with it for sure yeah yeah and I think um just to build on what you said about saying no I think saying no is also part of the equation part of the mix that makes you an irreplaceable firm because you're not saying yes to everyone you're saying if this doesn't align with our mission then it's not a good fit. So for me, I think about that under the context of like essentialism. If it's not a definite yes, it's a definite no. It makes it very clear to make decisions, right? Um, So it sounds like your your big takeaway, like if we're kind of like wrapping up and saying, all right, so agency owners, uh, leaders who are listening or watching this, like your big takeaway was really about standing out, yeah? Absolutely. And we will... I mean, it, this will forever stay with me and be the lesson that we've learned. Of st- you can't underestimate how important it is to stand out in a crowd. Um, and we know, especially now that RFPs, they are, they're just so unbelievably competitive. Yeah. But I think there are really smart ways to stand out. This is just one example, but I'm sure that there are quite a few out there. Yeah. And I would imagine that this is going to change the way that you respond to every single RFP going forward. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't want to be going up against you if I had <laughs> made 
<laughs> Sophia, thank you so much for joining me today. This was such a great conversation and I wish you all the best of luck in 2021 and beyond. Thank you so much. This episode has been brought to you by Workamajig, the number one creative agency management software. Show notes at thrive.workamajig.com. Find out how your creative agency can become more productive and more profitable. Schedule your demo at thrive.workamajig.com.